Hello, welcome to the I Am The Code podcast. I'm your host, Marie Mjam. Thank you so much for being here. I have received your messages, Facebook, Instagram. I have received them and I just want to say thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. And the entire team is absolutely grateful for you listening to the podcast, giving us your feedback and subscribing. It is overwhelming, but I just want to say thank you. Thank you. We have got the message. Thank you so much. And I love the feedback. I didn't know the podcast will have this effect on people. I really didn't know. So I am trying my best to inspire you. But you are also inspiring me too, so I can write more and give you this beautiful content. The girls are doing very well. They love the podcast. Last week we had Nimko Ali. She came and shared her life story with us. This week has been really hard for me. I'm writing my book and it's very challenging. I'm writing a chapter around my identity and racism, which I don't like talking about, but I have to talk about it because it's affecting me. It's been really challenging, especially what people do and say. And I want to read you this quote from Maya Angelou. People will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. I said that one more time. People will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you make them feel. I have been made feel so small this week with microaggression, invisible racism, what people say, what they do, the entitlement of saying it, how they say it, without any precaution, any measures, take all liberties to say it. We need to be careful about this. In our society, we have to be careful. I wrote this in the book because I just felt overwhelmed with this sort of behavior that is intolerable and not acceptable. This country has done so much for me. I cannot thank the United Kingdom enough for giving me peace, joy, quiet, a space where I can think, even have a podcast. So I cannot say thank you enough to the United Kingdom. But I want to share this because the podcast is about you and me and the girls, everyone listening, who's feeling small because someone says something they shouldn't say. I'm talking about the disability community, the LGBT community, people of color, women who are feeling left out, marginalized communities. We need to take care of each other. I said last week we need a collective compassion. I really mean this. So let's take care of each other and let's respect one another more because we don't have anything else. My guest this week knows all about challenges, living in a different country, working hard and trying to make her voice heard. Raya Sa, she is a creative director, an entrepreneur. She is the founder of Mia Kura, beautiful artist. We traveled together to Kakumoro Fiji Camp to work with girls and help them to use art, technology. And I really enjoyed working with her. Her husband have been extremely kind to help I Am The Code, the law firm. They've been really supporting I Am The Code to become a foundation. So I'm so glad that to have her here because she's really awesome. And she understand where Kakuma is. She's Kenyan, Asian, you know, and I also loved the work she does, the scarves, everything she's doing is beautiful. Stop the Asian hate is something that I'm also been fighting for because 
there is no need to discriminate people because of their color or their culture. Let's love each other more. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Priya and I will see you on the other side. A good morning Priya, how are you? I'm very well Mariam. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Absolutely. I'm really delighted. So, you know, each time I invite people on the podcast, I tell them why I invited them uh, on the podcast. So there are two things I think you've done that have really impressed me you know, over time that I wanted the girls and the boys across the world and, and leaders to hear from you. I think the first thing is we met on the plane together a long time ago. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it was um, an accidental meeting, but uh, <laughs> I'm very glad that that happened. And I really believe that you meet people for a reason. Absolutely, absolutely. It was really beautiful because I met you and then after that I told you about I am the code and then you were so kind enough to take on one of my projects and then we have for the first time actually in history we have the sustainable development goals on a scarf and I was really proud to do that with you and then you showed me really a lot of kindness and when I asked you to join me in Kakumo Refugee Camp to meet our girls uh, you also came to join us and to, to talk to the girls. And I think the second thing is like the work you do is really lovely seeing an artist like you who actually is very passionate about art but also using art as a way of changing lives and working with boys and girls and also leaders across the world was really impressive for me. Thank you so much. So how are you doing? Uh, We're okay. Uh, We're all learning in our household how to cope with the current situation that we're in. There is homeschooling going on. There is a changing of I mean, the situation has changed uh, overnight, so to say. So we're adjusting and we're trying to keep positive, which is very hard and frustrating some days, but it's happening. It's all teamwork. We're working together to keep each other sane. So slowly but surely, we're trying to get out of this. <laughs> you know, nearly a year last year, you and I were in uh, in Kakomo Refugee Camp. In That's Kenya right. As well. So can you just tell our listeners and where were you born and what is your origin and why Kenya is so important for you? Well, I was born and brought up in Kenya and I lived in Kenya for most of my life. I have been in the UK for about 14 years now. So um, my heart will always be there. I still have family there. My parents are there. So I go back and forth quite a lot. A lot of my work is inspired by Kenya and I work with a lot of wildlife organizations there. So my, my heart is there. And when you came to me or when we met on the plane and we were chatting and I learned about the work that you were doing at the refugee camp, I mean, it was just something that I thought, yes, if I can help, that's something I would like to do. So that's how all this came about. I had a brilliant childhood, I must say. I was uh, very privileged and um, we had a very free upbringing. We were outdoors. We were, there was no technology then. We were just a normal middle-class family, but really living life naturally. So that is something I'm so glad that I had the experience of, which unfortunately my children won't have that because right now the world is just full of technology. It's full of everything else. There's uncertainty. There's, there isn't the freedom that we had when we were growing up in Kenya. Mm -hmm. So I'm very thankful for that. Uh, we had that opportunity and our parents were also quite liberal and they let us develop organically, Mm. uh, no restrictions. And I think they encouraged us to develop our talents or they encouraged us to do what we were passionate about. Mm -hmm. Mm. Is it why you like art? 
Yes, exactly. So being of Indian origin in Kenya, mm-hmm. we had a lot of social pressure that uh, when we're studying, we should become pharmacists or doctors or something in the medical profession or something in science or technology or business. But to become an artist was unheard of or it was frowned upon or looked down at. But that was what my passion was. That is what I loved. I loved creating. So anything in the creative industry is something I wanted to pursue. And again, thankful that my parents let me do that. So because I didn't have that opportunity in Kenya, they sent me to the UK to carry on with my studies and graduate. The way you are right now with your family, right? That's right. I'm in the UK with my family right now. Mm-hmm. And how many children do you have? I have two boys. Oh, wow. That's amazing. You know, the other thing I was also going to say as well is that you really supported us. Your lovely husband helped us become a charity. Yes. Yes, he did. And it was really funny. I was saying this to a friend the other day when we were doing some research to have you on the podcast. Yes. Uh, the podcast is so busy. And I was saying we need to really have prayer. And um, I remember COVID-19, when COVID-19 started, we reached out to his firm and he was so kind and they did it within like a couple of months. Yes. And uh, I was, we were very grateful. So thank you so much for supporting us on that. The other thing I was going to ask you as well, when you were growing up in, you know, in Kenya, yes. why did you, why did you think that art was something you wanted to do? Because I, I I'm going to talk about your organization in a minute, yeah. which just really fascinates me. I love the organization. Why, why did you think art was something you wanted to do? It's not, I think when I was in school, you know, we, we relied on our teachers to give us direction because at that time you're still quite young. You're not quite sure of what you want to do. And it's my art teacher at that point that pulled me aside and said, this is something you should pursue because you're very strong at it. And the confidence that she gave me and she made me f- believe in myself that I was capable of progressing in a certain direction. And I went back to my parents with that. And they supported me and said, if that is what you want to do and you feel you're good at that, then we'll have to, you know, think of what steps to take to make sure that you follow your dreams. But you also mentioned societal pressure. You know, you and I are both from uh, African and, you know, Indian origins and everything. Yeah. Sometimes we have really norms and, and societal pressure in our, uh, you know, in our, in our countries. Yes. So as a woman, as an artist today, let, let me just talk a little bit about your organization. Would you mind just telling us about Mia Cora? I love Mia Cora, by the way. I Thank love you. It. <laughs> Can you just tell the audience what it is? Why do you do it? Because I think the thing I, I got so passionate about on the, on the plane when we met like a couple yeah. of years ago, was when you when you sold me the companies like I said wow I was so like I was so impressed would you mind just telling our audience and the leaders listening what do you do and and what the what the organization is about so I started off as a freelance artist uh, when I was in Kenya and when I moved here I just felt that there was so much competition and I needed to find a niche for myself fabrics was what I graduated in so I put both my passions together and created Miyakora, which is, it actually translates to 100 gold coins. So Mia is 100 in Swahili and Kora is gold in Maori. And the point of opening this and doing this is through art, I wanted to raise money and raise funds for wildlife, for wildlife conservation. And the whole point of this was to begin a charity called the 100 Coin Campaign, which is why it's called Miyakora. And through art, try and celebrate artists to try and inspire other people to follow their dreams and in turn raise funds for wildlife conservation. So that was the start of this company. Mm -hmm. And as when you start it, you just have to 
take things as they come. So I started producing my paintings onto scarves. People started wearing my designs. And one thing led to the other and things just started rolling. And it took me places where I'd never imagined I would get to. So I am thankful that this has opened up so many doors for me and it has helped me inspire other artists or other people to do the same. Yeah, because not many people did actually frame it and wear it. I want to talk about the stuff I loved, frame it or wear it. Yes. And I, no, no one has ever done that before. I no. think you want pioneers, right? Yes, that's right. What, what is it then? Frame it or wear it is a catchphrase I came up with. And that is literally, I felt I'm someone who likes to be free and I don't like to live within boundaries mm-hmm. because I feel you need to explore. And yeah. when I looked at my artwork on the wall, I felt the same thing. It's restricted, it's bound, it's in a frame stuck on a wall and only visible to a certain amount of people, those that visit you or visit the place that that artwork lives in. But art needs to be free. And there's the one way you can do that and expose that work to many people is by wearing it. So that's how this whole frame it or wear it came about. So you can either put a piece of art on the wall or you can wear it doesn't matter but it's still it's still sending that message out only to more people i love it i love it because you know on the plane i said frame it away i've been telling to everyone i'm having prior <laughs> on the on the on the podcast frame it away yeah. my friend said what is frame it away i said well she came up with this concept where you know you can you can have the art because i go to tate and i go to so many i'm not an artist but i love art and i love seeing the art it really helps with my mental health which i'm going to ask in a minute and i love seeing it but sometimes i can't buy it it's too expensive and when you told me about actually you know i can make you a scarf i said really that's right you can wear it why not Oh, you're so beautiful. So beautiful. And how long did it take you to think about the concept? Why did you think about the concept? And why do you think it was important to think about it? I mean, it just happened as part of a natural creative process. Uh, It was one day I thought, right, I'm going to put my two passions together and try and make something out of it. I didn't have a goal in mind at that point. It was just a matter of I'm going to try something new. And without any fear, without any hesitation, I just decided, right, I'm going to go into this. If it works, it works. I'll put my all into it. And if it doesn't, I tried. Mm, So mm. I put these things together. Um, I love fabrics. I love art. Putting them together just felt natural. It's amazing. I mean, the other thing I I also uh, learn about you is that you you have a degree in textile. That's right. Uh, and you started working, uh, you know, your career was, you know, really working in a, in, a, in a Brown's foundry where you had like 3D and 2D printing experience. You you like technology, right? I can see, <laughs> well, I've seen your studio, which I love, by the way. What do you do for your technology at the moment? So to be honest, I am not a very tech person at all. I'm still very old school pen and paper type of person and I avoid the computer at all costs. <laughs> um, but the thing is, I think as as we're moving on, I have to move on with the times. Mm -hmm. And a lot of our work relies on digital printing. So we do use a lot of technology. We are constantly seeing what's out in the market, what makes things better, how to better the textile industry using technology. And that's why we do a lot of digital printing. And I think that's just uh, in the last 10 years, it's become such a craze because there's much more available out there. It's opened up a whole new industry for designers because there's so much more you can do on fabric. Yeah. And, you know, there's no limitations of colors and uh, you can use all sorts of graphic programs to manipulate Mm -hmm. and design beautiful things that uh, the fashion and the interior industry uses. 
So your work in um, women wearing it in Kenya, for example, we were very lucky to have you do something very exclusive for the Sustainable Development Goals. Yes. But I also saw that you do a lot of work around the conservation. You yes. go in and film animals and you you take the photos of animals and it's beautiful, the, the stuff you do. I will put it on our website. So why, why did you think also the animal part? Because, you know, the animal part was important because many people may not see these animals. But when I saw the scarves you were doing, the yes. little, the patterns, it's beautiful. Why, why do you think Mia Cora wanted to do something around uh, conservation? Being born and brought up in Kenya, conservation's always been a very natural thing to us. We've grown up with that. My parents were keen conservationists. So it's something we knew from when we were little is respecting the our surroundings, respecting nature, respecting where we are. And what I felt was through art, I could express that and I could send the message out further. A lot of people don't know what's happening in there. Unless you're there, you don't see how hard some of these ecosystems are and you don't see how people are doing all they can to try and protect these animals, which are really important to us. So through art, we're sending this message out. And I've joined all these organizations. We go out there, we film, we draw from them, we sketch, and then we come back and we produce all this artwork and we raise money for them. So we're constantly doing that. And before we raise money for them, we like to go there and see one, where it's going to be used, how the money is going to be utilized and are they making progress. And I think progress is really important to know that our funds are going in the right place. Absolutely. I mean, I, I just love the fact that you are uh, not only taking care of wildlife, but also you are v- giving visibility to these animals, to these beautiful creatures that actually they're disappearing right now. Exactly. I really love that. And then you showed me a picture yeah. and I think it was a picture or a knot, a scarf. How much do you sell them for? Who does wear them? Can you tell me any organization who are wearing them and where can we find your art? So all my works on my website, www.miakora.com and you'll find all my scarves on there. And we have three categories there. We've got the Miakora collection, which is usually my work, my art. We've got an artist collection where we have guest artists whose drawings and paintings we use and produce on scarves. And we've got the conservation collection where from the 10%, 40% or 100% of the funds from that collection goes towards a different cause. So we have all that available on the website. In terms of people wearing them, we've got clients all over the world, a lot of wildlife fans and a lot of resorts buy our scarves because they double up as sarongs and they're very good in water or on the beach. So it's just something beautiful to wear, something different to wear that has a story. So a lot of resort wear shops and things like that, or holiday makers, that's our biggest market. I love the cotton silk and cashmere. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I remember last year you made a collection just for a few friends of yours. That's right. I felt so privileged to actually wear mine. So usually I wear mine and I could wear it in a winter or in summer. Or summer, yes, exactly. Why do you choose the, the, the cashmere, the cotton silk? Do you have any stories? Why do you do that? Yeah, so we've got two types of scarves that we specialize in. And we've got the poly butter silk, which is the lightweight one, which is uh, great for all year round, all seasons, all countries, because we cater to different markets at all times of the year. So it's we needed a scarf or we needed a fabric that works in hot countries and cold countries at the same time. So we got the poly butter silk, which is great for that. And we've got the modal cashmere, which is a slightly more luxurious, softer, warmer. It's got a more expensive feel to it. 
So we've done these two on different levels so that we are able to cater for different markets, really. Well, let me talk to you about the girls now, which they love you. (laughs) (laughs) They have been so, so, so special. So how was your how was your trip in Kakuma? And can you just share with our listeners who have not seen you yet teaching girls on the ground in Africa? Would you mind just sharing, you know, what was the best experience for you and what yeah. did you learn from those refugee girls? First of all, thank you so much for giving me that opportunity. I think it really opened up my eyes because all this time before that, I was working with wildlife. And working with people was a very, very different experience. So thank you for that. But when I went there, I just realized that I went there without a plan, not knowing what we were going to do. And uh, I let the girls lead me. Mm. And that was what was interesting. They talk about you all the time, by the way. Thank you. I'm not sure what their capabilities are. I'm not sure what they can do. So I think the best way to start was to meet just, I gave them a whole load of art materials and said, right, just create. The first day was just create whatever you want to do, whatever's in your heart, whatever's on your mind, just put it down onto paper. Second day, we went back and I showed this to the group that we went with. And we all realized that there was a, there's a pattern amongst Mm. all this. And uh, the girls, they were all from different areas, different backgrounds, but they all had very, very similar patterns or artwork that they were all doing. And I thought, right, you know, so let's start with one type of artwork and see where this takes us. So the next couple of days uh, we were there and doing workshops with them. We taught them how to draw mandalas, which is a type of art that um, I work with. Mm-hmm. And I use this mainly for children or people from marginalized communities or people who need sort of help in expressing themselves. And it's a very beautiful technique because there's a lot of repetition in this. And it's something I saw the girls doing. So we started creating mandalas and the patterns and the artwork just within those few days that they came up with was amazing. That really inspired me that, you know, when you put your mind to something, you can do anything you want. You know, I need to say this. I think the audience don't know this. And I do cry sometimes when I hear it. And uh, I remember us going to Kakuma last year. Yes. So we were the last people to leave Kakuma. You left early. Yes, I had to leave early. Yes. Before COVID-19. So this March coming, we're going to do more events and we will invite you as well to meet the girls. But we were the last people to leave Kakuma. And I remember last year, this young woman called Abol and uh, both of them actually, Abol and Yingok. Yes. I told them about, um, you know, we will share the photos on, on our Instagram for our audience to see. Yeah. I remember them uh, talking about uh, mandala art. Yes. And then a uh, guest came to Kakuma. Like we had some guests from Sweden and from other countries that came to Kakuma. And I remember them standing out and they sent me this video. It was so, I was so crying. It was so emotional. And uh, so this lady called Priya <laughs> came here. She taught us about mandala art and we know about patterns and things. And I, I really, and I realized that time that art and technology is something we need to teach to young girls, especially when they come from marginalized communities. You and I live in privileged countries, but That's right. I think the work you did in Kakuma, and I just want to put this out there, people to hear, it was outstanding. Thank you. They really understood mandala art. And for me personally, a young girl who never had any education, I suffered as a child. I wish I had someone like you coming to my village in Senegal 
to teach me about art and uh and it's really beautiful so when you left kakuma and went home yes. to talk to your children what was your feeling did, did you feel that you created an impact in this girl's life i did i did you know the first trip was was great in terms of you know we were all still finding ourselves and getting to know each other the second trip really sealed it for me because as when i went back the welcome i got from these girls was amazing they remembered me they remembered my work till now they talk about you i tell you until now <laughs> i felt so so humbled the fact that i made a difference in their lives and when i when i gave them the scarves and i saw them you know walking around with them they, they were doing catwalks and you know you know just wearing them in different ways and smiling and one of the girls i remember i think it was uh, it was the second school we went to and when we went the somali girl yeah she was really happy her because that that young girl was actually trafficked from dubai uh, to uganda yeah, yeah and she she cried you remember she she just cried when she saw her work on a scarf and she looked at me and she said um, i've got a beautiful photo of that actually yeah yeah and she said is that my work and i showed mm-hmm. her and the scarf had her signature on it i know and she burst into tears saying me too I, me too i didn't yeah she said i didn't realize i was capable of doing this i know and we hugged for a while and that was great uh, there was another is it south sudanese girl yes abol and uh, and ningok yeah yeah I, yeah so she i met her and i burst out crying because she on the first trip she was very quiet and she didn't speak to me Mm. and then she put my uh, one of the scarves around my head the same way she wears one i remember you showed them how to put the the hijab right that's right and she did that for me and suddenly she started opening up and i thought you know i've connected with somebody respecting their way of life mm-hmm. yeah so that was really touching and um, i came back i told my children about what happened they're all you know really happy and they love seeing pictures and hearing stories about these it's girls. really amazing we're going we're going to share them you know on this podcast but the other thing i've seen you doing also you've been adapting with covid-19 yes. you know you because you've been working you know you you do, you do travel a lot to go to india and to go yes. different places to bring this mask i love the orange vine and the pundamilia yes pundamilia pundamilia is uh, how do you get these names that's zebra zebra in swahili and the orange one is a uh, travel africa so again they're all our paintings and they've been put onto a face and, mask and the magadi gold yes that's a photograph uh, by one of the kenyan photographers uh-huh. so again we're using local people we're using kenyans we're using africans we're using people who have who are expressing their love for art in different ways and we're wearing it so it's that same concept frame it or wear it and how long does it take to get this if one of my friends or people listening now yes order this mask how long does it take to get this uh, well we've got the ones on our website we've got them in stock so it's just a matter of posting them out to you and if you want to order them it takes uh, about at well currently about 5 weeks Okay. Yeah. because of covid-19. Co- yes, you know we're uh, shortage in staff and the factory's not at full running level yet. So we do ask for some time. And I was going to ask you how did covid-19 affected your business? Oh, a lot, a lot. Because you're a traveler, right? You used to go out. Yes, years. that's right. So we rely on the travel industry. And since there was no moving out, there was no traveling, uh business came to a stop and that was very hard for me because my whole lifeline was my work. and suddenly i felt that when something has been take a part of me was taken away and i didn't know how to deal with that so the first few months when i had to change my lifestyle drastically it was very difficult to live without doing something i love doing 
Um, but I slowly started, you know, producing other work, uh, finding a new way of surviving. And uh, we created the Fabric Map of Africa, which was fabulous. Yeah, I saw that. It's wonderful. It's on a website. I saw that. Yeah. And I thought that just brought me back to life. Why did you do that then? Why was it important for you to? I I, I love it, by the way. So I'm, I'm yeah. inviting all the guests to go on your website, miacora.com. That's right. M-I-A-Cora.com. Please yes. go on and check the, the, it's amazing. really. Thank amazing. you. So the fabric map came about because I thought, right, since I have no business going on at the moment, I might as well use my time in research. And I was looking at comparing Indian textiles and African textiles, and I started seeing a lot of similarities between the two. So I started digging really deep and looking at African textiles and their origins. And I thought, right, you know, this is something I'm really passionate about. I love African fabric. I love textiles. I want to see how the how there's this cross-cultural reference between African fabrics and the rest of the world and what the influences are. So there's a lot of history that's gone into this. And I started mapping out different patterns, uh, where they come from, what they're called. And it's a work in progress. I haven't mentioned every country or every fabric. It's beautiful, by the way, honestly. Thank you. I wanted Africa to look beautiful. That's exactly it. Mm. I wanted Africa to look stunning. So when somebody looks at it, I wanted it to pack a punch and say, wow, that's my Africa. But through textiles. Did you find any any fabric yes, in Senegal? I've got manjak. Oh, yeah, wow. yes, I've got manjak from Senegal. Um, there's... and. But, some people were very gracious. They uh, emailed me and they texted me to say, hey, you've forgotten my country and this is the fabric we produce. So I'd add that on because I'm still learning about this. And I saw the kente as well. Yes, there's kente, there's uh, ashoke, there's chitenge, uh, lamba, kanga, ketenge. I didn't know in Madagascar they have lamba. Yeah, that's right. The Somali one is alindi. There's, uh, there's the mud cloth. So there's so much that's there, but there's a lot of influence. There's Arabic influence, there's Indian influence, there's uh, Western influence. So that's what I was learning about. And um, the BBC cottoned onto it. So that was a really good boost for me. Oh. So I'm very, very thankful. And uh, the North of Africa, the Tuaregs, right? Like the, the blue, the blue, because that's, you know, the blue they put on their, on their head. That's oh, right. Wow. It's that indigo color. So again, it's uh, a lot of, pe- there was a lot of controversy around this because they thought that I was saying, oh no, you know, it's not Toreg, Toreg are not our people. I said, yes, but that color reference is called Toreg. And we use that lovely indigo blue as the color reference. So to me, that's part of textiles. And that's what this map is showing. This map is not showing, um, you know, cultural boundaries or political boundaries this map is showing people unified oh wow that's beautiful i mean i didn't see this map um, we're going to share that on our um, on yeah. our website but let me ask you a little bit more about you know the, the work you've been doing on the ground and as yes. an artist so so what is next for you post covid 19 now you you know you as an artist you are rebuilding yourself and creating yeah. these beautiful maps what is what is your next plan for the next couple of uh, next couple of months? How can you use art to make sure that we're all aware of this? So what I'm trying to do now is just focus more on the digital printing side. So this is where the tech side comes in, which I'm not very good at. <laughs> but um, we've got a wonderful team that does this. So what we've done is we've teamed up with different people who have different strengths, and together we're coming up to push this uh, concept forward. So we've got our tech team and we're really focusing on digital printing onto fabric and being able to spread the message through that and probably try and tap in more to the fashion and uh, interior industry to start using artists rather than designers. Mm. Use artists because they are the ones that need the recognition and they're the ones that actually sit back and create all this. 
And how many artists do you have right now working for you? We've got about 24 graphic designers working for us and uh, artists are seasonal. So we have them per year. We've got four artists that are with us permanently and who give us their work to use. But the other ones every season come and go depending on the type of artwork we're looking at. That's amazing. I also saw you do jewelries. Uh, so jewelry, yes, we've teamed up with a jewelry designer because she, her concept is very similar to ours. Her work ethics are very similar to ours. And she also does a lot for conservation. So it only seems right that we team up with somebody who has the same sort of goal as you do. Mm, I love the Adur Tiwi. Yeah, thank you. So all these are um, collected, all these pieces are collected from all over Africa and they're all one-off pieces with, and each one has a story. I love it. I love it. I love the Nema Kalabash. Yes. It's beautiful. You. I mean, it's, it's really... Yeah. The designer is in uh, Nairobi. She lives there. Yeah. And uh, she does some wonderful pieces. You know, my friends, they love sustainable art. They yeah. love anything that is, you know, uh, empowering people. And I I know also that you raise funds for charities. That's like right. Organizations. Can yeah. you tell us a little bit about that? Um, so again, like I said, we did a lot for wildlife conservation and we carry on doing that. And the people we've partnered up with, so we've partnered up with a travel company at the moment and the jewelry company. So that's Shikazuri and Anasa Destinations. And we all have the same sort of goal is whatever we do in life, we want to raise funds for people who need it or organizations who need it. So because a lot of our work is in Africa, we start, we're starting there, but we do have a lot of work we're doing in India as well. Again, working with marginalized communities, but um, in India, it's mainly through sports, not art. So that's something totally different, but uh, I mean, you know, the end goal is the same, is to make sure people have a better life. Absolutely. Before you, I let you go, I want to just ask you a couple of questions. You had a lot of upside downs. You <laughs> work very hard, you know, you kind of like... Don't really, we all? <laughs> I know, I know. Pushing the arts out there and trying yeah. to, uh, creating a, an amazing brand called Frame, Frame It and Wear It. If you, if you start thinking, you know, backward, like, you know, what would you say to the youngest uh, prior today who is like beautiful and trying to do some artwork and making sure everyone either wear it or frame it? What would you say to the youngest, your younger self? I would say follow your passions, follow your dreams, because success will automatically come from that. But if you're trying to run after success, it's going to be a lot more difficult doing it that way around. So your passion is what will drive you. Um, I had a lot of uh, negativity around this because, again, being of Indian origin, living in Kenya, I encountered a lot of you know problems because of that. It was a uh, a little bit of racism, a little bit of, you know, a little bit of everything. And yeah, I've, people rejecting you. I mean, I was saying yes. yesterday, people do reject you as an artist. They don't understand what you do, right? Yes, they don't. Um, and it's all in the name, actually. This will be very interesting because as people, a lot of people know me as Mia. They think I am Mia. And because Mia is a very universal name, they don't know who I am. They don't know me by color. They don't know me by anything. Oh, wow. But the and they respond to me so positively and they love my work. But the minute they realize you're an Indian, you know, from Kenya, it's there's a step back. And I thought, well, what suddenly changed there? Because right now you knew me for my work. And I think that's the one thing I want people to go out there and do is know people for who they are and what they're doing, not for what they look like. Exactly. And have you suffered racism in your work? Yeah, quite a bit. So unfortunately, um, but I think that's changing slowly and it's up to us to educate 
people and the younger generation to try and better ourselves and not do that. Yeah, I like what you said about getting to know people because I think one of the things I've I've learned to, to to do with you is to get to know the art you do because you know it's you just meet people you don't know what they do but I think That's right. you and I you and I got to know each other and what I love about the work you do is because you are it's also linked to inclusion yes. right because I think you know our team this season is rebuilding inclusion I want to make sure the girls in Kakuma I mean everyone is listening right now can and can go to your website and understand the power of art Yeah. Have you came across people who, you know, told you about, you know, how your your work is is really helping their mental health? Yes, that has happened. I've had a lot of lovely messages from people who have been inspired by my work. And I'm very grateful for that. And again, the fabric map of Africa comes into light here because a lot of people have contacted me through that and said we've loved your work, can we use it? And by all means, yes, they can. You know, my work's out there to inspire. Please use it. Please do. If it helps you in any way, that's great. It's helped a lot of children as well. Um, again, the same way because we've used art to express ourselves, mm. and that's anyone who's uh, we're speaking to. We're working with a few organizations right now, and um, we have Zoom calls with them, and we do a lot of artwork through that with them. And it's just about them saying, you know, put on some good music here. Let's do this for an hour, and just seeing their happy faces at the end of it has made it all worthwhile. Wow. You know, one of the, it's really amazing. You said that one of our goals, as you know, at I Am The Code is to get 1 million women and girls coders. Yes. When you when you think about, uh, you know, the girls you met at Kakuma, you know, the digital printing you're doing, doing as an artist, you know, we have worked quite a lot with STEM subjects, yeah. including art and design. Why do you think we should teach young girls art and design? Now you're thinking about, you know, everything you've done as, a, as an entrepreneur. So I don't think everybody... It's it's nice to put this out there. So I think like if if this was me having another opportunity to go to Kakuma as an example, I would like to go there and show them that there is this way. This is a way out. This is um, you can have a career out of this, or you can just use this for your own sort of sanity. But not everybody is artistic, so a lot of people this might not appeal to. But for those it does. I want to give them that opportunity to say, "Hang on, I am very interested in this." how can i use this to help myself and then you sort of zero in on that group of people because it's not fair to impose this on everyone some people might not be interested in this and they have a different way of coping so i'd love to just at least give them a chance to say try it if it works for you it's an opportunity to try try something if you like it i'll help you move forward with it if you don't like it then let's find something else that works for you because everyone's wired in a different way so I like to give them the opportunity to say would you like to do this if not no problem if yes here are the tools you know art for me uh, i think we had this conversation i i, I will also will share our photo together yeah um art has helped me heal you know as you know my traumatized yes. childhood and yes. um art was something that really helped me heal when you think about things right now um what are the proudest moment you can sit down and say you know with my work with me akura my family my children yeah. what are the proudest moments you can you can share with us like do you have one or two things you've done really proudly yes i do actually and this is something that's um, really hit me hard is when i heard my kids talk about me to other people and uh, they didn't know i was listening and i felt so proud that they are proud of me 
And they were talking about all the conservation work I was doing in Kenya and explaining about working with elephants and rhinos to their friends. And they were all chatting and the shine in their eyes and the way they were talking about it. I felt so emotional thinking, hang on, I've made an impact on them. And I want to carry on doing that. I want to keep doing positive things like this so that they grow up doing them. Mm. And that really pushed me and has given me the drive to carry this on and show them that you can be a mom at home and working and doing things that you're passionate about. You know, your life just doesn't stop with one responsibility. So you you can be a wife, you can be a mother, you can be a sister, you can be a daughter, you can be anything. But at the same time, you are also you and you have to give yourself that time. I think for me, that was one of the proudest moments is when I saw them being proud of me. Wow, that's beautiful. So, yeah. That's beautiful. that's beautiful. And then, okay, finish, finish this sentence. What is forgiveness for you? Forgiveness for me, forgiveness is healthy because it just helps you move on, I think. I don't know if that was correct. <laughs> um, I don't, I, I mean, I, it's a difficult one for me because I don't really hold any grudges. I just let things be. So mm. I'm a very non-confrontational kind of a person. Because you are, you are Buddhist, you are, you are Indian, you, you know, you're very, you're very sweet and all that. Is it because you don't, you don't hold grudges? Because many uh, people right now with COVID-19, you know, I, I had some people on the podcast and I've yes. been asking, asking them this question. People give me different answers. But yeah. Sometimes I, I do this. I, I like people telling me what forgiveness is for them. The thing is, if you're, if you haven't forgiven something or you haven't forgiven someone, you're holding it in yourself. It's affecting you, not anybody mm. else. That's true. So there's, there's no point of that. Why should you bring this onto yourself? So just let it go. Like I said, I'm not very, um, I don't confront people. I don't like situations where we're arguing or that. So I tend to stay away, you know, and um, there's I just move on quite happily. There's this, you know, I don't hold anything inside. Well, the, the mantra is move on. Move on, yeah. <laughs> move on. Just let things be. If there was misunderstandings, fine. There are ways to clear them. Forgive, let go, you know. Like Oprah be- said, let go. <laughs> yeah, because you're only hurting yourself. That's very true. Okay, finish the other sentence. Yes. Uh, what is your personal uh, mantra? What do you do every day to keep yourself healthy, sane, beautiful? What do you do? Can you share with the girls what do you do? Uh, some days are hard and I want to cry and scream and uh, it's okay. Um, but I also feel that I don't have a mantra as such, but I believe in respecting how you're feeling. So if you are having a bad day, there's nothing wrong with that. Accept it, deal with it. If you're having a good day, great, be thankful for it. So every day I wake up, um, I'll give you an example. A few days ago, I couldn't take it anymore. And I let myself cry because it is okay to do that. So I don't believe in trying to make myself happy all the time because I need to be sad too. You know, it's a very natural feeling. So maybe if there is a mantra, I've cried a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I cry every day. (laughs) So if there is a mantra to go by, it's just let your, just respect your feelings. You know, if you're feeling a certain way, respect it and let it happen. Absolutely. I mean, I cry every day. Yeah, (laughs) it happens. I, I did the other day and I said, you know what? It's okay to do this. Okay. Last question for you. What is wisdom? Wisdom is learning and listening. I think listening is something that I've learned to do over the years. And that's wisdom. Wisdom is knowing when you need to stop and listen. 
because you don't know somebody's situation or you don't know somebody's feeling. And I think that's really important is to stop and just listen. And it could be to yourself as well. It could be stop and mm. listen to yourself. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so maybe, and I think that's not even wisdom. That's just growth. You know, I just, I want to give you one more bonus uh, question. Because <laughs> time. The, you know, one of the, you know, you, you have done a lot in your life and you have love, loving parents and everything. And what is the one thing you would like to give these girls in Kakuma or all the girls listening, all of our audience right now who don't know you, that will go on the website and check what you do. But what is the, what is the one thing you would like to share with the world? People don't know about you. Oh, let me put it this way. What is one advice you got from somebody who you don't know that you are taking with you every single day? Oh, to pinpoint one's quite difficult, but um, I think if I was to give advice to the girls would be just carry on being themselves because from what I saw, these are very beautiful, resilient girls there. And they have a lot of potential. So I would love it if they carried on with the same energy that they have. And in terms of my work, what I'd like to put out there is I've put my heart and soul into this. And anyone in the creative industry, they put their hearts and souls into all this work and start mm. off small businesses. So support that because this is somebody's bread and butter. Mm. So give people a chance. Don't put them down. Help build communities. And this is actually a saying from one of my Instagram followers, and I follow her as well. She said, community is more important than competition. True. And maybe it's, if not, a, it's not a popularity contest. No, right? it isn't. Not <laughs> at all. Because you're all in the same race. You're all doing mm. things together. If you go together, you'll probably get further ahead. So she said this, and she's in Germany, I believe, but also African. And I love the way she pushes me to I love with this I stuff, love you know? And I do believe building communities are is much more important than, you know, competing with one another because there's enough in this world for everyone. So just go ahead and do what you need to do. I really love that quote. You know, one of the things yeah. I said to people, I, I had someone yesterday on the podcast said to me, why do you do this podcast? And I said, visibility changes lives. Yes. If I can, if I can invite Priya or you on the podcast, then the people around the world can actually know, oh, we can frame it or wear it. <laughs> oh, we can like, you know, oh, this woman is like doing art and I can wear it. I think that change that can change lives. And I think, yeah. I think I agree to your point where as human beings and as creatives, we need to start really being more humble, more kind, more compassionate. Yeah. Uh, sometimes we get, we will get it wrong. You know, I, I do get it wrong all the time, but I think one of the things that we need to do is think about the, all of us that we are, projects right we we will make mistakes and then as you said earlier just let it go right what do you think about that but you should try there's you know don't just let it go at the first sign of failure try it give it your all so that you don't have that regret that you know oh i could have done this i should have done this but you know i tried so you move on knowing that there's nothing holding you back and I've given my all into this. And that's why I think I found it difficult last year when COVID hit was because I felt my life was taken away from me. Mm. And we all dealt with it in very different ways. I know your children makes you very happy. Um, oh, yeah. What, 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 what do they do every day? 
<laughs> it's just their, you know, their cheekiness, their smiles, their hugs, their sense of humor, their ability to adapt. And you're the only girl in the house. So <laughs> I, oh, I love it. I love being spoiled and pampered by them. <laughs> so it is, it is nice to have them and uh, they do brighten up my day. I, uh, some days I want to lock them up and say, just don't say a word. I don't want to know you because I've had it. Um, <laughs> But it is, it's just, I think their ability to adapt to situations that's helped me. Do you feel grateful? Oh yeah. Every day, every, every single day. <laughs> what, what are you grateful for? For all I have. Um, I'm grateful that even in this time, I've got a really beautiful support network and that's important. I've got friends and family that, um, that are there. I've got uh, a team that helps me pursue my dreams. So I, I shouldn't complain and I should just try and work with what I have and enjoy it. What would you say to all the women artists who are struggling right now in the creative industry? Just follow your heart, follow your passion. Don't be afraid to take that leap. If you want to have your passion as your career, you have got to have faith in yourself. And it's not going to be easy. I'm not going to lie to you. It's not going to be easy. But um, you have to try. But I love... I love, I love what you said about, it's about community, not competition. That's right. I believe there's enough in this world for everyone. So there is no need for that competition, but rather build the community together. You might help some third person. That's so powerful. Yeah. Community is about community. Not competition. It's about visibility that change lives. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You know, Pride, you're like, <laughs> continue tomorrow. <laughs> but you must, you must, it's this, this quote is not from me. You must thank the lady that's uh, inspired me with this because, uh, and I will tell her as well that I have said this credit should be given where credit is due. Absolutely. Absolutely. We will set, we will find who she is on your Instagram and yeah. we'll absolutely tag her, you know, while we yeah. are your podcast. But uh, Pride, Shia, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I am so proud of you personally. And I've thank seen you so grow. much. I've seen your growth, you know, I've seen the work you're doing and i really hope this podcast will uh, open doors for you and, and many people will listen to you thank you so much for coming thanks mariam thank you so much prayer is a lovely lady really amazing work her company miyakora is doing a collection of amazing scarves all the sustainable development goals scarf you saw me wearing also on the i am the code website from climate change and the quality the coding she made them all so if you haven't seen the company yet or haven't seen her work Follow her on Instagram, Mia Kora, M-I-A-K-O-R-A. Beautiful. Mia Kora apparently is 100 gold coins in Swahili. Beautiful. Wearable arts, just follow her. You know what? One thing is very clear for me this week is that there's no planet B. We have one single planet. Let's work together to make sure that we have this wearable arts. She does a lot of work around frame it or wear it if you can't buy it and frame it can actually wear it so really beautiful woman i recommend you follow her we need to also talk about art and technology how they collide the girls in kakomo refugee camp loves art and it is just sometimes i feel so beautiful and so happy to see them wearing their scarves the one they've actually designed by themselves beautiful 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 we're going to be sharing more of the scarves on our instagram pages you have been listening to the i am the code podcast i'm your host mariam jam Thank you for being here. Come back very soon. And I would love to hear from you. Thank you for your feedbacks. Remember to subscribe and follow us. We are a very, very small team dedicated to making the world a better place. 
by creating inspiring content for people who want to do better and be better. Please support us by sharing our podcasts and spreading the love. But let me leave you with this. People will forget what you said. People will forget what you did. But they will not forget how you made them feel. Have a lovely weekend. Thank you so much for being here. And I really appreciate you and appreciate you listening to this podcast. Thank you and goodbye. Happy Friday.